This is a Federal News Network podcast. Coming up on today's Federal Newscast, the Agriculture Department comes to an agreement with the employees it's relocating to Kansas City. Federal employees on official travel will see a slight bump in how much they're reimbursed. And many employees at the State Department were not pleased with the hiring freeze implemented early in the Trump presidency. These stories and more in today's Federal Newscast. Welcome to today's episode of the Federal Newscast. I'm Eric White. Employees at the Agriculture Department's two bureaus, which are relocating to Kansas City, will receive incentive payments equal to one month's salary to help compensate for their now lower wages. USDA and the American Federation of Government Employees reached an agreement Friday to alleviate some of the burden on employees at the Economic Research Service and the National Institute of Food and Agriculture, who agreed to relocate. Additionally, the agreement lets employees who did agree to relocate work remotely through at least December 30th. Homeland Security's immigration component cuts back on its international footprint. More now from Federal News Network's Tom Temin. U.S. Citizenship and Immigration Services says it will close 13 field offices outside the United States by August of next year. It plans to keep open seven international offices in Beijing and Guangzhou, China, and in Nairobi, New Delhi, Guatemala City, Mexico City, and San Salvador. Acting USCIS Director Ken Cuccinelli says domestic staff or people temporarily deployed abroad will take over functions of the closed offices. State Department consulates will handle in-person services. I'm Tom Temin. Federal employees will see changes in reimbursement for official travel after October 1st, but it depends on the destination. Boise, Idaho is the newest non-standard area, but seven other areas will return to potentially lower standard per diem rates. Overall, the General Services Administration says the standard per diem rate will increase slightly to $151 in fiscal 2020. Nearly all of the State Department's employees questioned by the agency's inspector general said the 2017 hiring freeze made it more difficult for them to do their jobs. Respondents to an IG survey said the freeze had a negative effect on their security, consular, and administrative operations. The IG office also found that the agency, under former Secretary Rex Tillerson, failed to coordinate the freeze with agency restructuring efforts. GSA is preparing version 3 of its successful 8A small business government-wide acquisition contract called STARS. The 8A Streamlined Technology Acquisition Resource for Services 3 draft solicitation focuses on IT services, including software development and maintenance, and emerging technology like artificial intelligence. STARS 3 is proposed as an eight-year contract with a ceiling of $20 billion. Responses to the draft RFP are due September 6th. Agency spent more than $1.6 billion on 8A STARS 2 in 2018. A major contract for secure cloud services is awarded by the Census Bureau in preparation for the 2020 population count. CenturyLink received a contract worth up to $24 million to ensure the security of online responses. It's also partnered with the Bureau to help encourage more than 125 million households to participate in the count. DOD tries to correct the facts about its Jedi cloud procurement. Federal News Network's Jason Miller has more. The Defense Department finally was able to play a little offense about its Joint Enterprise Defense Infrastructure, or Jedi, initiative. DOD CIO Dana Deasy sought to set the record straight about what he called some false narratives that have emerged about the cloud contract. But Deasy may have opened Jedi up for more scrutiny just as Secretary Mark Esper begins his review of the program. 
DZ says Jedi is less about the cloud and more about the applications that live on the infrastructure. This begs the question, then why focus on the infrastructure? I'm Jason Miller. DOD is well on track to set a new record in spending on other transaction agreements, or OTAs, by the end of fiscal 2019. Bloomberg government found DOD will spend $7 billion using this alternative procurement approach. It passed its previous record of $4 billion for OTAs in the first seven months of 2019. BGov says Microsoft was the largest OTA recipient. The Pentagon is undertaking a defense-wide review to see if it can identify money, time, and manpower it can reallocate for its highest priorities. The Defense Department will look at all of its agencies and military services to see how money can be better spent from 2021 to 2025. Deputy Defense Secretary David Norquist will head the effort, along with the DOD Chief Management Officer, the Comptroller, and the Cost Assessment and Program Evaluation Office. The Defense Threat Reduction Agency will be the first organization to justify its spending. Air Force Space Command unveils its new enterprise data strategy. The framework integrates space enterprise data sources into a common, resilient, and agile architecture. General Jay Raymond, the leader of the command, says the strategy is a plan for next-generation data management that will energize the command's warfighting ability because decisions and actions are based on the better analysis of data. There was a decrease in shipping and package volume at the Postal Service for the first time in nearly a decade. That's more bad news for an agency that has ended the past 12 years in the red. The Postal Service ended the third quarter of fiscal 2019 with an overall net loss of more than $2 billion. USPS leadership said increased competition in package delivery led to the decline. USPS's oversight agency has announced more leadership changes. The Postal Regulatory Commission named Michael Kubianda as its vice chairman through the end of 2020. The announcement comes just days after the swearing-in of two new PRC commissioners. Kubianda started his tenure as a PRC commissioner in January. And the U.S. Forest Service has extended the comment period for proposed policy changes to help the agency comply with the National Environmental Policy Act. Commenters now have until August 26th. The agency says the proposed rule would give it the tools and flexibility to manage land and tackle critical challenges like wildfires and diseases. You can find more information about these stories at federalnewsnetwork.com, search Federal Newscast, subscribe to the Federal Newscast on iTunes or Podcast One, and follow us on Twitter. Our handle is at Federal Newscast. I'm Eric White. Thank you.